Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the, today's topic is how to structure your organization for the future. I'm referring to the bureaucratic organizations. Many large organizations, especially over time, they build a lot of structure, which are multi-layered, and they could even have central decision-making. And there are meetings to plan for another meeting. That means endless meetings that are scheduled, which really doesn't help much. And as we have seen some new age approaches to management and and organizational structures, they're trying to take a crack at that bureaucracy and, and the slowness, if you will. But then anything that you do without a plan, I'm not sure if it'll give you the desired results. So we what, what we wanted to talk about today is that how do you methodically unstructure your organization so that it naturally gives becomes a platform essentially for your people and, and your customers to have fluid ideation, rapid decision-making, and as a result, create relevance for your organization for the future. So to discuss this, I have with me Prasenjit Sengupta. Prasenjit is the Executive Vice President and Chief Digital Officer with Thermax Limited. Hey, Prasenjit, how are you? I am fine. Thank you, Sanjog. Well, glad, glad to have you on our discussion. It's an interesting one because this is what we are all struggling, I'm sure. But then let's let's set the stage. You know, large organizations play a, a very big role in providing employment and creating value for any economy around the world. And I'm not going to say that hierarchies and rigid organizational structure are very specific to just large, but any organization for that matter. We have had this tendency of anyone putting the organization together to say, make it so tight that we have very exact way how something, some reporting gets done, how, who talks to who, with whose permission, and many of those things. And when we talk about what we are trying to accomplish, it almost justifies not having any hierarchy or organizational structure. Where are we going with keeping that age-old mindset when we have new set of opportunities to exploit? Uh, see, Sanjog, uh, I would say that from uh, from the time that I joined an organization, say, 20, 22 years ago till now, uh, things have changed quite a lot. Uh, when I joined, there were the kind of structures, kind of hierarchies that we were talking about really existed extremely strongly. And there were very sharp boundaries between one department and the other. And uh, the work, the processes, the expectations, deliveries, everything was defined to a T and nobody could trespass into another's department. If I compare that to what is it is now, maybe we are not really into an ideal structure where everybody is talking to everyone else. But I would say that those hard-lined boundaries between the departments has really uh, shrunk quite a bit. There is a lot more openness. There's a lot more discussion and debate. And there is a lot more acceptance of information and inputs from uh, other people, from other departments in your own sphere. And I think when I'm talking about this, this really means a lot 
because i have seen over the last 20 25 years that people's mind have opened quite a lot people's acceptances have opened quite a lot and um, uh, to be honest maybe uh, our generation were not really open to doing this but the new generation the generation x the generation y really forced things into this kind of a situation and now i would say that that is kind of becoming more and more normal kind of a new normal thing in in the structure the question is organization to organization industry to industry who is more open to adopting these structures faster who is going to take a little longer time and uh, how are they going to uh, make the maximum benefit out of the new structural uh, discussions so how flexible we are right how um, you know how differently you do it and how specific or customized we do for a given situation is there any science that we can apply to it or is it going to remain an art form i would say that there was a science in defining the departments and defining the processes that existed uh that was also very necessary so that everybody becomes an expert expert in their own areas and they are able to deliver the uh, output with the highest quality uh it was also assumed that with time and with people getting more and more expertise in their areas the productivity is also going to increase significantly but things have changed now it is not only quality efficiency productivity that we are talking about it is also about the alignment to the new business models that is becoming very important so it is for example um i might uh, 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 for example um, uh, it is good to say that i know that this is the best way of uh, artic- articulating or doing a particular work but is it relevant is it relevant for the new customer is it relevant for the new manufacturing process is it manu- is it relevant for my business growth these are questions which are increasingly getting asked and this forces people to think out of their domain out of their expertise areas and actually think in a broader terminology and that is where i would say is uh, uh, where the uh, world is moving where the organizations are moving So let's talk about the specific ways we try to when we try to deconstruct the organization the whole approach or the very very premise of giving something a structure is to reduce the instability and chaos but now we are saying you know what whatever we were doing in the past we want to undo it even though our goals remain the same that we want you know stability and we want more predictability but we know by the very very reason why we bring some structure is to reduce the stability or improve the stability and reduce the chaos so are we not introducing a bug in the system can we realistically deconstruct an organization and not create instability and chaos what's the feasibility of doing something like that and if if that's feasible what's that magic bullet we can pull out here what's the recipe see uh, the first thing is that uh, i do agree that from an outside perspective it seems that the moment we are changing a structure we are trying trying to deconstruct the organization we are trying to in, 
introduce an instability and a chaos into it but as i also said you know it is no longer relevant that i am really working at the best possible of my possibility of my potential it is something like saying that i know exactly how to make rotten eggs and i can make rotten eggs again and again and again the question now that everybody is asking is the eggs that are getting manufactured or the product which is getting manufactured is it relevant is it the right product and for that we need to bring into this a little bit of this chaos or instability the way you are saying but i would rather put it a little bit of not a little a quite a lot of flexibility in the thought process and the way to start with doing that will be to break down the work into relevant and connected processes it might also mean that the business functions and the support functions should start to coexist there is nothing like a sales and a marketing and an hr and a finance and an it anymore every department is a little bit of sales a little bit of marketing a little bit of finance a little bit of hr every person right now needs to think as a manager as a leader and as also a groomer of the person out uh, of the subordinates under them at the same time that person also thinks and also needs to understand that the work that they are doing how relevant it is to the benefit of the organization to the sustenance of the organization to the growth of the organization at the end of the day if i'm doing a fantastic job and it is really not adding to either the top line or the bottom line in any way then i think the work that i am doing is really better not done so i think these are very difficult questions which are coming up it is coming up in every single board meeting it is coming up in every single steering committee meetings and unfortunately the questions are there but the answers are difficult to find and many of these answers are lying in how are we structured and whether as i said whether are we are okay we are open to deconstruct ourselves make ourselves a little more flexible make ourselves open to suggestions and as you say bring in uh, build in a little bit of chaos that's a that's a good mindset that you are referring to and frankly people at the top like yourself are a little more evolved and i'm not going to undermine anyone who's as a field staff is not but then they did not sign up for the instability the chaos and then someone you know pointing fingers at them that you did not do your job properly and when comes the performance appraisal someone could you know make them a scapegoat of something not getting done saying we were transforming but you did not do this job so you don't get your raise or you get fired so this thing cannot be done just in the ivory tower it has a trickle effect and people all the way down to the field staff or 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 like the 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 very staff which is making the things work the people who are in trenches it impacts them too how do you evolve them prior to taking on this journey or how do you make this more of a controlled experiment when you start so that they grow with it and give them some immunity along the way that if a mess up happens they are not going to lose their shirt in the process uh see sanjog first of all i would say that the let us say the percentage of openness that is required increases the uh, as and when you go up the ladder 
so at uh, when i am saying that we really need to be very very open at the top i really do not mean that we have to be equally open at the bottom there has to be certain structure there has to be certain construct in the work for the people who are working at the grassroots at the field level that is understood however we also need to understand that there are two sets of people that i am talking about when we are talking about the field level people there's one set of people who have grown and built their careers into this over a period of let us say 20 25 30 years so they have known a certain kind of environment of work they have known a certain structure in the form of and so for them to make a change might be a little more difficult but let us also not forget that at the same level we have got the millennials who are joining or people who have joined let us say in the last 5 to 7 years or maybe up to 10 years and those are the guys and the girls who are really asking for a change they have this built in personality to accept multiple viewpoints maybe this acceptance of multiple viewpoints has also coming from the social media no doubt because at the at all the times they are in touch with various people in various geographies and various streams of life and they are getting multiple viewpoints which maybe was not open was was not available to people who joined the workforce 25 30 years ago but at the same time they are all in the same pot they are getting mixed up and so it becomes very imperative that the output that comes up out of that mix is a bit of both it needs to have the let us say the flexibility of the new generation but it also needs to have the structure and the calmness and the patience of the older generation and that is i think would be the largest and the biggest uh, hurdle or the challenge that everyone in the organization especially people at the managerial levels the leadership levels are facing or would be facing when they want to make this change so it needs to start gradually i fully ag- also agree with you sanjog that it cannot be a kind of a hire and fire that you either do this or you know it has to be my way or the highway these things don't work but gradually and slowly there has to a slow a, a kind of let us say a working culture needs to emerge where different functions different departments are thrown together different generations of people with of different ages are thrown together and more and more people should start working in cross functional teams and that is where this acceptance of other people's work other people's challenges other people's motivations will all come together and slowly the outcome that will emerge will be kind of both stable and chaotic and something that the organization will be benefiting from let's take a quick break listeners when we come back uh, prasenjit let's look at i'm sure you've tried this journey to some extent at least right i mean everyone is what are the pitfalls and the gotchas what could go wrong or what what mistakes someone could make which would cause more damage than good let's talk more about this when we come back please stay tuned listeners today enterprise technology is both strategic and global 
Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Prasenjit, we are talking about, you know, there is, there is a value in us creating this unstructuring or doing this unstructuring uh, initiative or carrying it out within the organization. And we may eventually get somewhere which you could be proud of, but then it's always good to learn from the pros like yourself who may have tried it in some form or fashion. And where did you find the pitfall and gotchas? And where did you see something going wrong when you tweaked it? It started working right. So tell us a little bit about what you've tried to do and how did it all go and what lessons did you learn? Uh, I will tell you from my personal experience. Now I have actually structured uh, the IT department three times across three organizations and I'm doing a restructuring again. And uh, I'll tell you how it changed over a period of time. Uh, in the earlier stages, there was a very formal structure. There was a person in charge of infrastructure. There was a person in charge of security. Similarly, somebody was looking after ERP systems. Somebody was looking after some other systems. And it used to go on and on and on. And there were at least eight or ten different verticals within the IT department itself. When we moved forward, and then in uh, there was a time, and I'm... 2009-2010, when we were doing a restructuring exercise and we were trying to develop a structure for developing a new, uh, uh, let us say, a sales come marketing IT department, we tried to think differently. We tried to think from the process of the business. We tried to structure ourselves in a way that is going to be aligned with the business functions rather than the IT uh, functions, which meant that we were talking about a sales structure, a service structure, a dealer structure, a customer structure. And then behind that, we used to have, let us say, the infrastructure and security systems combined or the development and the support combined. So that was something that we were doing. Again, now, if I give you an example after from the time that I've taken over as a chief digital officer, we have been working in basically two silos. And this is also, you know, somewhere I can relate it to the two-speed uh, structure that Gartner also talks about. So Gartner talks about a two-speed IT. There should be one speed which is going slow and steady. That is the entire, let us say, the infrastructure piece, the security piece, they have to be steadily looking at the threats, they have to steadily looking at the uptimes, and they have to look and they have to be really slow and steady at it. On the other side, when we are talking about a digital experience for the customers or the business teams, people have to be really, really agile, they have to change on the go, and they have to be really flexible with their outputs. And that was the kind of structure 
structure also that I had created a couple of years ago. But now the kind of restructuring that we am, I'm trying to do is trying to look at a more flatter organization. And the organization that I'm looking for is more again tuned towards what is the objective of the business. So is the business objective stability or is the business objective getting new business revenues? Is the business objective getting into new business models? Is the business objective getting more automation and efficiency into the entire system? And that is how the structure is being defined. And underneath of each of these structures, there's a whole lot of people who are, again, from those silos of erstwhile silos of systems and support and development and infrastructure and security, but they are all now mashed up. So nobody can basically say that I am just an infra person and I do not care of how the system works. Nobody can say that I am just looking at the security, but I don't want, don't want to understand how a mobility or how a portal is going to work. So these things are all now I'm trying to mash them up in a way that we are, will be focusing towards an outcome. And that outcome will be a business outcome. That outcome will be an organization-wide outcome. And that is the thought process that right now we are looking into and we are trying to restructure uh, so that we are aligned to this kind of a thought process. This will also mean that people who used to think in a kind of, let us say, a siloed version of, uh, uh, of work, uh, of timelines, of milestones, they are all again going to be challenged challenged with people who are going to think quick, challenged by people who are going to think different and out of the box, and everybody will have a little bit of chaos in their work. And hopefully, this chaos is going to be good, and this chaos is also going to be a learning experience for everybody, and we will be coming out in a better shape to deliver the organization's uh, targets and uh, objectives. So you said something very interesting. You said someone says, I want to generate more revenue or I want stability. Of course, if you ask a CEO, the person wants both. So how do you, how do you make a case of saying, I cannot promise you growth in revenue because, of course, you don't have a crystal ball either. But I want to ruffle the feathers. I want to shake the, uh, you know, the foundation. I want to rock the boat. Because I feel that's what's going to get us where we want to get to. How does someone muster the courage? How does a group agree for that, what I call is creative destruction? Or just a destruction initially with the intent of that being a creative discussion, that something good will come out of it. That's a big leap of faith, especially for a company which has got things going well. Maybe it is meeting its demands right now. And it's not really killing them to continue the same way. How does this decision even come about? What's that big trigger that will allow you to make this case and get that approved as well? Uh, Sanjok, see, the trigger basically comes from thinking about the future and not about the present. Uh, even in our case, and uh, whenever I've made the changes I have seen, that the present never triggered the change at all. It was always that uncertainty about the future and the uncertainty about how the business models will evolve. 
And basically, when in my area of, of IT or digitalization, I'm making some changes, I am trying to ensure that whatever be the business model, maybe, as you said, I don't have a crystal ball, but I need to be ready to face any kind of a unforeseen circumstance that might come in. The future might also hold some keys for unexpected growth in unexpected quarters. And if we are unprepared, then we will not be able to make the best out of it. And that is why the structure that I try to create is kind of a flexible structure, but ingrained with those areas of competencies that is going to make it secured and that is going to keep the foundation strong. And when you say that, am I going to rock the boat? It is not really rocking the boat very hard. You see, whenever we make a change, it's not that the entire organization or the entire department is changing overnight. We do it slowly. We do it in small bits and pieces. We take out a chunk. We take out a group of people and we create, as I mentioned in the past, uh, we create a cross-functional team. And then we leave that cross-functional team and we give them certain business challenges. And then we see that how they are performing in that kind of an environment. If there is good success, then there is another chunk of people who come out of their daily routine and they also start following the same structure. And this is how gradually we change the overall structure. It is not something that is done overnight. It is not something that is done, you know, when uh, uh, that from, let us say, 1st of October, this, this is happening. This is a circular People are, you know, this is the new department, is the new work. It does, it doesn't work that way. It's going to be um, uh, ruffling the feathers too much. It might be also leading to a business uh, uh, discontinuity, a business stoppage, business loss. And that is where uh, I personally think that the best way to do it is in a gradual fashion, uh, test the waters, see if we are uh, succeeding in the right direction. And if there is success, then start doing more of that. So I would say that that is the approach that I've followed uh, till, uh, till date. And uh, that has worked out uh, so far. So if you were to go back to your, your people and say, you know what, we're going to move things around. And we are going to create new teams or we are going to go the agile route where we on demand bring people together and dismantle them, which is what many organizations are doing. But then of us being humans, there is a, a, a handicap we create because we really, when we connect with anyone, we take time to bond with each other, develop a common understanding, which while you can give through somewhat uh, documentation, but there is something to be said about people understanding each other's wavelengths and create respect and empathy and liking if possible for each other so that a team is formed, which will move it forward. So yes, you could have great ideas and yes, you could have a vision for the future, but it is the same people who you're trying to rather work in a different construct they still have to get to know each other. So what do you do about that? How do you strike a balance where you give them time for it versus treating them like as a bot as you're trying to unstructure organization, get them to work in different fluid structures while it's unstructuring, but you're trying to create a fluid 
structure in a way for them to keep moving from one place to another, one initiative to another, one project to another. Here also, I would say that there are different approaches. Um, but the fundamental question lies in how you are selecting the team. Um, I personally would start with people who have got a high flexibility and high adaptability to changes. And uh, people, and it, it basically cuts across age also. It just doesn't matter whether a person is young or old. The mindset defines whether a person is flexible or not. And when I'm saying flexible, I'm not talking about, again, flexibility in the functional role, but, but flexibility in the thought process. And uh, whenever we are starting anything new, I think it is the best possible way to start with people who are optimistic, who think that the new way is going to succeed somewhere in their deep in their hearts, and those who are open to look out for a new way of things. And that is a group across different functions. If they come together, the uh, uh, let us say their adaptability to each other, even if they don't know each other, will be higher, will be faster. And I think the output, the output that we uh, would be envisaging, it might really, uh, you know, turn out into a reality. Um, this is in complete contrast with people. There are quite a few naysayers as well, people who have got a very strong mindset. Who people who take time to change. Uh, I think when, whenever, whether it's an organization, whether it's a department, at the end of the day, any company is made up of people. So it is most important to select the people who are the right fit as change agents. And once they are able to succeed, they also set out good examples. And once those examples are established, then the other people, basically the people who are of the follower mentality, the follower mindset, they become ready, they become ready in their minds to follow the same uh, path. And then the amount of resistance and amount of uh, cultural change management that is required reduces significantly. So uh, I think this is the way uh, people uh, make a change. Uh, I myself, I, I can again give you an example from my uh, experience. Uh, again, when we were creating a team of uh, letters, uh, basically it was a team that we were uh, uh, creating for the digital uh, UX. For example, um, uh, you know, uh, creating a portal, creating an app which is going to enable the ease of use for customers, for employees, etc. So the team that we wanted to form had to be a set of people who could understand the changing environment, understand the changing technologies, the new technologies that are coming up, and then adapt a solution according to it. However, it also required people coming in from, uh, let us say, the uh, security department, who had to think through and who had to ensure that there were no security breaches and the cybersecurity around the systems should be extremely strong. So when we formed the team, we actually, uh, we started off by getting an external engagement, external help to understand and gauge the internal flexibility of the people, the personality, the flexibility in the personality of the people. And we identified certain people who were more open to change, who were more open to do things in a new way. 
and that was the team that we selected for this project and uh, i think that is how i would suggest and that is how i would also proceed further that once this becomes successful then the next project would also follow suit and that way slowly step by step the entire department the entire organization structure of it and uh, the digitalization would change adobe uh, that is maybe how i would take it forward Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, Prasenjit, now let's talk about, while we have been talking about people for the most part, but we also made a promise. It's not that only they signed up to deliver certain things. We also said, we will help you grow professionally, personally, and career-wise as you work with us. So as we try to deconstruct or rather unstructure our organization, we try to shift roles ask them to become very fluid and be ready to say yes to jump into any situation and i've yet to see anyone especially in it i'm sure in business also it happens that they literally don't have any time to breathe they are spent by the time they end their day how do you think we can fulfill both promises that will help you grow and also get business what it needs please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Prasenjit, we know that we want these people who we hired we we besides giving them good money or whatever other you know good work that they will get to the projects that they'll get to work on but something we will do to grow them because that's an implied expectation if not explicitly set by the company but then we want to shift them they don't get sometimes enough time for them to even settle down in a given role before we say we got this new initiative you need to jump on and then when they are so spent trying to juggle multiple priorities and everything else what's the time that we are able to offer them where they can really invest in themselves are we expecting them to just learn on the job and get whatever they want is that truly the promise that we made and are we doing justice to that promise by giving such an environment to them the people the very people who's going to make the organization tick uh sanjog the thing that i would say is uh, nobody signs up for change even when i joined 22 years ago i did not sign up for change because neither neither did i know what the future is going to be like nor did my managers who hired me they knew what the future is going to be like for example 22 years ago we never knew that there would be a pandemic that would be striking the world in 2020 in fact we didn't even know in 2019 that something like this is going to happen 
but what we are also seeing and this is what history is teaching us that earlier industries and companies used to change their business models once in a 100 years then things started changing once in 50 years once in 30 years from 1990 onwards we have seen things started to change every decade and now we have seen new companies come up and go down in a matter of few years now this is an environment that all of us are living in we none of us are immune to this environment so if i say that somebody is joining a company and expecting that the same work environment is going to stay on for the next 35 years till that person's retirement is i think uh, is living in a fool's paradise having said that i think it is also the manager's responsibility that the people who are joining the department the people who are joining him as the subordinate are also given due respect and due uh, possibilities and uh, openings to develop themselves however i would say that stability and uh, change are is is not a dichotomy because more and more things are moving the more and more the environment that we are living in today is uh, becoming uh, is changing overnight i think flexibility and agility are becoming very key ingredients to manage the business and as well as the people and if a person thinks that they want to grow in an organization they have to change themselves according to the times according to the business priorities according to the business models and the future growth of people will always lie at least the way things stand today i cannot tell you that how things will change after 10 or 15 years but the way things stand today the people who will grow and who will grow up for uh, to become managers and then leaders are the people who are adept at flexibility and agility not only in handling the business scenarios to handle problems that were completely uh, they are completely coming out of the blue as well as to handle multiple sets of people who are actually very talented but they may not be following the socially accepted norms of behavior just to give you an example here we always at least i joined in a, in, in a time when 9 to 5 was the accepted norm then times changed there were business pressures the 9 to 5 started to increase and became 9 to 6 9 to 7 then over a period of time the internationalization the globalization of work started and then all of a sudden you started finding people who are working in different time zones so whereas maybe 80% 90% people in india they are sleeping at nights you still feel a fine 10% 15% of the people who are uh, working at nights because they are working in time zones which calls for them to work at night so things changed the business model changed people adapted themselves now we are talking about Uh, 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 we are talking about a phrase called talent anywhere and when we say talent anywhere it literally means not only anywhere but also anytime in fact research shows that nowadays the youngsters they don't prefer a normal uh, uh, when i say normal again i am basically maybe i am prejudiced by my normal Uh, they don't really prefer a stable job with one company 
they prefer working as freelancers they prefer working for multiple companies at the same time because they are getting deep specialization and they feel that no single company can really give them due credit for their deep specializations and maybe the full 8 hours of the day will cannot be spent uh, only with one organization so they divide their time amongst multiple organizations now this is again a changing behavior with the times and the people who are able to change with these times and when i say people i am talking about employees i am talking about managers i am talking about subordinates i am talking about leaders i am even talking about owners of companies every single person who is aligned to creating some product aligning to the development of the economy has to change and adapt themselves with the changing times and i think that is the only thing that as a manager as a leader i would like to pass on to my subordinates with the other people who are signing up for my department for my company is that the work will be available the flexibility will be available the outcome will be available and they will be judged by the outcome and not maybe by the number of hours they are spending in the office or the number of hours they are spending in front of their laptops i think this is a change that we are adopting to and that is a change which i think is also getting more and more accepted um in fact uh, i can tell you these last 6 months of the pandemic has really shown all of us every single industry without exception that we can work remotely we can work from home we can work from anywhere and actually the work happens something maybe 8 months or 9 months ago we were completely against and we had a very uh, great difficulty in thinking that how an outcome can be achieved by people not really collaborating and communicating face to face because as 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 we were talking about some time back we have to uh, you know meet each other read each other's uh, facial expressions develop a bond uh develop a friendship to work closely together i think is actually now out of the window and we can see that people are able to bond equally well even through a laptop even through distance even through a remote working mechanism and an environment so i think um uh, how to make the most of any role it is not only uh, the responsibility of of the manager it is equally a responsibility of also the employees and i think both of them have to learn from each other and adapt to each other while they move forward and the people who are more adaptable into these things would be the people who are going to move up the ladder faster so you know great response that's what i can say is cuz you covered quite a bit of ground there now <clears throat> when we are trying to do any kind of unstructuring right so while we said the people uh, who we need to lead they have to come with certain renewed expectations about themselves and about how the organization is going to support them that's great but then when we talk about how this whole thing has to be planned how initiatives related to unstructuring has to be planned you got business you got hr because they are supposed to be the one who are working on the people side of things and the it which either is foundational across the board to help enable that unstructured way of working or within their own team they have to work in a certain way where again 
the HR would play a role. So it's kind of intertwined. And it's very interesting that traditionally, HR said, I don't understand IT. Business says, I don't understand IT. Business doesn't understand HR always. So if you take these three three sets of people, only IT is expected to know both HR and business, but not completely either. So when we have got these three camps and we are trying to so-called quote-unquote unstructure, that means we got to know and know enough about each other's camps for us to be able to collaborate because without collaboration, this unstructuring will not even happen. With so much gap in knowledge, in experience, and in the, the different ways that these guys think, these three groups think, what are we doing to bring them together for them to cross-pollinate and learn the nuances of each other's departments or functions so that it no longer remains a risk? Uh, there used to be a term uh, sometimes also used in a derogatory fashion earlier, uh, that jack of all trades and master of none. So people used to look down upon people who were not masters of any particular function or profession. But I think things have changed drastically now. Jack of all trades is the keyword and it is the success mantra right now. Because you are absolutely right. A person who is in a sales or a marketing function, if that person does not know about IT, then that person will not be able to exist or do his job properly. If that person does not understand HR, that person will not be able to groom a good team. Again, without a good team, that person will not be able to deliver the results. And vice versa. An HR will be completely non-existent if they don't know for whom they are recruiting, what is the purpose of the learning, and what are the outcomes of the entire uh, teachings that is happening across the organization? Both an HR or business would not be able to grow if they don't really understand that how a customer can benefit by the new ways of digitalization. Just think about it, uh, Sanjog. Who are the really successful companies that we are talking about right now? And you will find that these are the people who have taken up problem statements in everyday life from people, and they have constructed a solution or a process that is kind of a mediator between multiple challenging situations. And they have created a platform that can be used by other people to uh, relieve of their challenges. So when we we talk about an Airbnb, when we are talking about an Uber or an Ola, when we are talking about an Amazon, we are all talking about platforms that enable services and products. And these people, they understood the problem. They understood the finances around. They understood the legalities of how to grow. They understood the entire technology piece of it. And they also understood how to put all these things together. And I think that has been really the cornerstone of their success. But I think one thing I will tell you that in my experience, I see that this uh, understanding 
that the functions cannot only remain un unto themselves has changed quite a bit. People do realize now that a business and an IT and an HR cannot live in isolation. They have to understand each other. And they have to understand each other, not in a very superficial way, but a little more than a superficial manner. They have to understand each other's processes to some level of the depth, I would say. Right. So uh, this is where it is in terms of the understanding of how it should be today and how it should move into the future. Uh, the answer to this about how we can make this happen again uh, comes up with the cross-functional team. I come back again and again, Sanjog, to my uh, fundamental topic of cross-functional teams because that is the only way in which I have seen that people develop the understanding and the knowledge and the empathy of other departments' work and other functions, uh, uh, both the outcome, the uh, expectations and as well as the challenges. And um, even in my example, in my in my own team, yeah. So I'll just give a very short example, uh, Sanjok. In um, my previous in my previous organization, we have had a very big focus on uh, the structure called BRM, that is a business relationship manager, which is basically an intermediary between the business functions and the IT functions. They can be situated anywhere, either within the IT department or within the business department. But these have been people, groups of people who understand both business and technology and who know how to make the uh, entire, I, who, who are able to understand it, how to make a business benefit out of it. And that is going to be the way of future that people need to understand, people need to work together, collaborate together. And only then they will be able to drive the outcomes expected out of that. Once again, thank you so much, Prasenjit, for uh, sharing your insights about how organizations can unstructure themselves and that too, in order to maximize the opportunities they have in hand today and also stay relevant for the future. Thank you so much. So listeners, hope you got value out of it. Please connect us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Pinterest, and subscribe to our podcasts on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as wherever all major channels that there are to listen to podcasts. Please, uh, once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.